Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action. And joining me, as always, is my friend and professional better. You know him on Twitter as So Money Sports and So Money. We've got ourselves a wild first round. Uh, and I say that as in wild, as in it being an outlier. We, we, we just have not seen a round of the NHL postseason look like this in decades um, with the amount of overs that are cashing, the amount of blowouts, and just the goaltending carousel. I think we've seen 24 different goaltenders already in the playoffs. It's been very challenging to handicap. Uh, usually in the NHL, you're getting a more con- uh, controlled environment in the playoffs. That just hasn't been the case here. So we'll do our best here as we look ahead to the game fours on Monday, the game fives on Tuesday, starting with the New York Rangers. They're minus 105 on the road against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're minus 115. Louis Domingue is a favorite over Igor Shosturkin in an NHL wow. playoff game. Uh, the overrunner here is six. The Rangers looked bad in periods one and three of game three, which they lost seven, four. They went down four, one in the first um, battled it all the way back to four, four. And then Igor Shosturkin was pulled um, when it was four, one and the Penguins ended up winning five, four uh, before scoring two empty netters late. This series has been really fun to, to break down of all this, of all the series. It's been fun to, to watch the, different camps in the series. There are those who keep betting the Rangers because the numbers are not out of hand at all. And they just look at the goaltending disparity. Uh, and I don't think you can really argue with that. And then there are the people who keep betting the Penguins because they are dominating a five on five and thinking the way that they're playing and the way that that first line is rolling is enough to overcome the goaltending disparity. And I don't think you can really argue with that, right? I think both camps have very valid arguments. Uh, but now that we're seeing the Penguins start to catch more market love, do you think it's time to buy back on the blue shirts? Yeah, and this is a, that's a great point. Like I've been in the camp of um, betting on the Penguins up to this point. And um, I think that we've gone, the pendulum has swung a little bit too far the other way here. So obviously the biggest thing is that we, we've talked all season about the Rangers goaltending advantage over most teams in this league. And with Louis Domingue playing multiple games, I just don't think the Penguins will be able to pull through in this series if you're relying on him. However, things change. So what we're seeing now is that Igor is starting to look a little fatigued while um, Louis Domingue, as bad as his surface numbers look, I think he's got like a 82 save percentage or something like that, right? Like, I don't really look at the save percentage, but that was something that caught my eye. He is playing serviceable for the for the most part. If this continues and considering the Penguins' advantage on five on five, this series becomes a lot tougher. Now, for as we look towards game four, I think that the Penguins are going to take money here. Um, and I think that the Rangers are going to be dogs at some point. Now, with with the Rangers being a dog, I do think that there's going to be value on them. With obviously Igor and Ned, I um, even though he was pulled, I I I mean. I've talked about my issues with the Rangers goaltending decisions in the past, but this would just be an all-timer. So I'm I'm assuming um, 
Igor's a Ned with him as a dog. I think that we've swung too far in the, in, in, in the other direction now. So um, I would be more inclined towards the Rangers at this point. Yeah, I think uh, the Domingue point is spot on, right? Like his, he's going to probably be around that 80, 90% save percentage. Yeah. And, and he could still win them the series, uh, which is not normal, but because he's making the saves, he's making the timely saves and he's making, he's keeping the score in check, which for now is fine. But at some point, if the series continues to go and it, we get to like games five, six, and seven, you're talking about Louis Domingue playing against a team over and over and over again. And that's when you really start to concern yourself. Uh, Tristan Jari has been skating. He's been skating in equipment. We'll see what um, I'm guessing he won't be coming back until uh, this, at least till the series shifts back to the garden uh, yeah. for game five. And there's no reason to to rush him at this point. Like you're up to one Domingue, like you said, has been serviceable. So it, it will likely be Domingue and Shesterkin on Monday night. And if you were told, if you came to, to us, uh, you know, let's say mid-April and said that you would be able to get Igor Shesterkin at perhaps plus money against Louis Domingue in a playoff game, <laughs> what would we say? Oh, exactly. Like I'd, man, like, like I would put an obscene amount of money on that if you, if you made me that offer. Yeah, it's it's something. But I mean, I you can't you also can't ignore how bad the Rangers have looked at five on five. Yeah, and I don't really think the Penguins themselves have been particularly sharp. I think they're getting by with their forward depth is is fine and their defensemen are not looking great since Brian Dumoulin has uh, exited. Um that Mike Matheson Chris Letang pairing is is really scary if you're a Penguins fan. Um all right, we'll move on to Panthers and Caps. Capitals up 2-1 in the series. Uh, we, we highlighted before the series started that this was a tricky matchup for, for Florida. The Capitals are totally comfortable playing uh, this kind of hockey where you just gum it up and hit back on the counter, and they've played a near-perfect series. I, th- I think they've been the better team. We played, let's see, you know, nine, nine periods. I'd say six out of the nine, the Capitals have, have been better. Uh, they're up to one. The, the market has finally caught up. Uh, they're only plus 140 in this game with the Panthers on the road at minus 175. I still think it's a little high. The over under six and a half. I wonder if there's going to be some adjustments from Florida here. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is Andrew Brunette. This is his first head coaching gig. He took over for Joel Quenville after he was let go because of the way he handled the uh, travesty with the Chicago Blackhawks from a decade ago and the Panthers were 10 and 0 when I think Brunette took over like 11, 0 and one, something crazy. So he hasn't really had to do anything like he, he sure. I'm, I'm definitely underselling what he's, what he's done. But the point is with this team, with how deep it is with the style they played uh, he could kind of just say, you know, gentlemen, just keep doing what you're doing and uh, it's working. And, but now he's got to do some coaching because they've got to figure it out uh, how to, how to break down this caps team. And, and they've looked frustrated. They look like they're forcing plays. And that's that's how you know that the underdog in a playoff series is, is getting the better of a big favorite. I do think that this number is probably adjusted too much, so I'm going to be staying away here. Um, but I am interested to see if Florida goes with Spencer Knight for game four, where the the, uh, the number goes. Yeah, I think you've nailed it here. Uh, coaching matters in the playoffs, and we've seen this countless times, right? Like, Laviolette is sitting there. Um, he's, he's making his adjustments. He's doing what he needs to do. And on the other hand, you... You look at Brunette, like this, this was a President's Trophy winning team, right? Like after three games, you don't want to change up too many things here, right? So I can see it from his perspective as well. Um, Washington, 
you've nailed this. They they continue to do exactly what they need to do in order to have success. They're closing off the neutral zone. They're grinding down the game. More importantly, though, they are they are employing a very physical brand of hockey. Now, we we expected this going into this series, and the Capitals are executing that perfectly. I am keeping an eye, an eye on if Florida starts wearing down as as the series goes on. Um, you mentioned they are starting to get frustrated. That's one thing, but it's it's a completely different thing once you're starting to get worn down physically. In terms of the of the line here, it, it was nice getting the plus 215s and the plus 230 in Florida and even the plus 180 in Washington that we got. But game four has seen a big adjustment now, and I think that it is warranted. Um, the Capitals at plus 150-ish, I think, 145-ish. I think I think that's that's fair. Even with Spencer Knight, um, if he does start, um, I would expect the Panthers to take money. So I'll see how far this Caps line goes. But at this point, I'll be passing. Um, but I wouldn't rule out the possibility of me ending up on the Capitals again just before faceoff. The third game on the docket for Monday is the Avalanche looking for the sweep. They're minus 255, taking on the Predators, plus 205. The over-under is six and a half. Boy, the Predators, uh, that game two was the one. Um, you know, we, we kind of targeted that one from before the series saying, blow out in game one, play the over-adjustment in game two. They get to overtime. Connor Ingram stands on his head. Uh, Kale McCarr also stands on his head and, and wins them the game in the extra session. What happens in game three? Uh, Connor Ingram turns back into Connor Ingram, an AHL goalie. Uh, the Avalanche run away with it. I do think the Predators were a little unlucky with a goaltender interference call that went against them. But nonetheless, I mean, Colorado's been dominating the series from start to finish. Uh, I'm not. I'm done. I'm just going <laughs> to tip tip my cap to the to Avalanche, and I'll bet them. I'll bet against them again next first round, next year's first round when you know the Ducks are playing them, and then we're, we're I'm betting, betting the Ducks at plus plus two twenty every night. But uh, that's it. I throw in the towel here, Michael. I'm just glad that we don't have to talk about this national team again after tonight. <laughs> um, we'll never know how competitive this Preds team could have been with Soros, but with the hand they've been dealt in goal now, this this game four, is, it should be pretty straightforward here for, for the Avalanche. Um, I, I do credit Nashville for hanging in there, but I mean, in in the end, they're just overmatched here. The, the, the Avs are a truck right now. They knew what they needed to do based on last year with uh, with the inferior matchup against the Blues, and they're not going to take their foot off the gas now. So I think that this this should be pretty straightforward here. And now uh, let's talk about Calgary and Dallas. Calgary's minus 160 on the road. Dallas, they're up 2-1. The Stars are plus 130. The over-under here is 5.5, heavily juiced uh, towards the under. There's eight first-round series in the playoffs, and I would say that this one is the only one that looks – like playoff hockey it's tight it's physical the margins are incredibly thin um it's it, throw away the empty netter in game two and we're talking about a, a one nothing win and then another one nothing win i know the stars scored two but one was the empty netter at the end at the very end uh and then a one goal win for the stars in game three under 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 uh however and as impressed with the stars as as we've been and you you bet them again in game two I do think that, oh, sorry, it was under, under, over, right? 4-2 in, in game three, uh, but because of the empty netter. Um, I just with think one that, second left. Yeah, with one second left. <laughs> right, yeah. So <laughs> that, that's another that's, story that's, there. Yeah, let's, we don't even go there. It's been, it's been, a, it's been hilarious. But um, this series has played out 
exactly how the stars would have wanted it to, I think, yeah. right? Like you're talking about a team that their only viable path to success in this series was we need to get Calgary away from five on five. We need to get this game off script and we need to make sure it's tight and there's no space on the ice. And the stars have done an incredible job at doing that. I think, you know, Rick bonus is a little underrated as a head coach uh, because he's good at getting his team to do exactly this. And, and it, it wouldn't work against some teams, but it will work against, it can work against the flames. And what, what's that, what that's doing is it's just muting every advantage that Calgary has and it's basically turning the, the, the ga- each game into which goalie makes the, the saves. And it's been Jake Oninger so far. And Jacob Markstrom has been good, but Oninger is a 970 save percentage right now, uh, close to plus four goals saved above expected through the three games. He's been the best goalie in the playoffs uh, now that Igor had that one uh, struggling, had that struggled in game uh, three. So this series has just been, gone perfectly for the Stars. I just think it's unsustainable that it'll keep going in that direction. Daryl, you just said coaching matters in the NHL playoffs. Daryl Sutter's an incredible coach, and he's going to have his team ready to get this game back on Calgary's terms, I think, for game four. I like Calgary on the series line. They're minus 120 to come back and win the series. I just can't see Jake Oninger continuing to put up 970. And if it's taken, if he him playing at that level, gets Calgary to a one goal win. And then what is two essentially one goal wins because of empty netters. What's going to happen when he doesn't put up 970 is what I'm asking. So I like the flames on the series line uh, as a bet here. I disagree a little bit, but it's not because of anything you said, because so we, we know that the flames are, are the better team. I don't think that any, any rational, rational person is going to argue that. Um, coming into the series, we thought that the depth of Calgary with the goaltending advantage would be too much for the Stars to overcome. But matchups matter as well. So what 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 we're seeing now is that the Stars, similar to the Capitals, are grinding this series and are getting, as you mentioned, the goaltending that they needed from Jake Ottinger. It's a really small sample size in a series. If you were telling me that you don't think Ottinger can keep this going for like like I, I I don't know, like 10, 10, 20 games. I, I completely 100% agree with you. What I do think in this series, though, is that in these with maximum of four games left now, even if he has a little dip in his level, um, I think that the stars can continue making these games coin flips. And at the end of the day, when you're the dog, that's all you need in the playoffs. You just You just need to make these games a consistent coin flip. So for that reason, I do think that there's still value on the stars. Um, I don't know yet where I'll, where I'm going to fall on game four. Um, I do think that um, we could see an over adjustment on the Flames uh, with it being that they need to win and uh, and all that. So I do think there might be some value on the stars. Um, though, again, the only thing I'll say is that we we are dealing with small sample sizes here. So that's um, I think that um, Ottinger. I'm hoping would be able to uh, continue its form because I am getting the the bubble stars vibes a little bit here. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Incredible. It's it, it, and the Joe Pavelski thing is just outrageous. Yeah. Right? He if he has the puck on his stick anywhere near the net, it's going in the back, and then it's going in the net. It's just uh, the end. And and I think what Bonus and the Stars are doing really well is is from the get go they are getting under the skin of the flames right away. Like the second the puck drops, 
the stars are flying into bodies the flames are too but like that's how you grind a game right like you turn it into a a rock fight and you get you go these highly skilled players into playing a more physical game and all of a sudden there's less space for Johnny Goudreau uh, out there. So yeah, tip your cap to, to Rick bonus, who I, like I said, I think he gets a, a he's underrated as, as a coach. Uh, he, he wouldn't, would you want him coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Tampa Bay lightning? No, but for this team, I think he's uh, the right guy. He knows, he knows what he's doing back there in, in, in these kind of matchups. All right. Now we'll flip to Tuesday. These will be game fives going back to the uh, home ice of the team that had it for games one and two. The Bruins and Canes. How about this? The Boston Bruins down 0-2, going back home to Boston, are now going back to Carolina 2-2, including a game where they lost Charlie McAvoy to COVID protocols. Still a thing. I had no idea what the COVID protocols still were uh, in the NHL. I didn't know how long McAvoy would be out for. I I found out today it looks like it's still five games, uh, five days. So uh, he's very doubtful for for this one, let's just say. Hampus Lindholm, he was injured in earlier in the season. So he's questionable. And if the, the Bruins get him back, they're not probably getting him back at hundred percent. So you're talking about defenders, number one, and including McAvoy, who's an elite number one defenseman. Uh, and then Lindholm, their number two defenseman likely out uh, or just one of the two. And the, the one that plays will be banged up uh, I guess a hurricane team that has been good. They've been, loose i guess is a good way to put it and the goaltending has started to to wobble a little bit here for them they're minus 140 at home for game five bruins plus 120 over under six um i would be looking towards the bruins if it wasn't for uh the injury so i'll be passing here hoping that the bruins can come back and win the series for for my series bets and, and the bruins futures uh but i don't feel particularly good i think that the two wins in boston were sure they were impressive and got they gutted it out but at some point, though, uh, missing McAvoy and Lindholm will will catch up to them. Yeah, this this has been such a strange series. Uh, not because it's tied two two. We, I mean, we probably should have expected this series to be tied at two after four, um, but more in terms of all the different uh, personnel situations that we've had to um, have to be on top of. And hey, we even saw a game that had a hundred power plays too, right? So. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait on, on Freddie Anderson and, and, uh, McAvoy status obviously here, but I think that, um, that the number is fair for now. Um, there is an adjustment off of the game to close in Carolina. And obviously that's because of, uh, McAvoy and Lindholm as well. Um, so I do think that if Freddie Anderson is confirmed, um, they're going to keep that close to the vest. So like, we have no idea if he's going to be starting or not, but um, we kind of suspected that either like around game five or game six would be when we see him. So I think we need to, um, we we need to keep a close eye on that. So I can't get involved at this point, but if we do over adjust off of game two, based on um, Freddie Anderson, I think that I'll be with you and I'll be closer to the Bruins on the road here. The other early start on Tuesday would be Tampa Bay traveling back to Toronto uh, as plus 110 underdogs. The Leafs minus 130 right now. The over-under here, six and a half. Uh, the series also 2-2. Each team, they just keep trading blowouts. They keep trading. You know, one team just rushes out to an early multi-goal lead in the first, and the other team's playing catch-up and making mistakes because they're playing a little more loose to, tr- to try to catch up. And the series has spent very little time in a game state where you can start to learn about a matchup 
I think it's been like 38 total minutes where they've been within like one goal of each other or something like that. Something absurd. So um, I do, th- I mean, I, I, I think this is a fun one for us because we've been kind of split down uh, the middle on this one. You're, you're more bullish on the Leafs than I am. I think Tampa Bay, you know, and what is a, you're splitting hairs and making this a coin flip, getting plus 110 on them is fine. And especially with the goaltending disparity and the way that Jack Campbell has, you know, he's, he was good in game three. He was good in game one because he, you know, he pissed a shutout, but he wasn't really challenged all that much. I'm sorry. He was good in game, uh, yeah, game three and, and one and three, but games two and four, not, not all that great pulled in game four. And Vasilevsky is just, he's money. Like he's, he, I don't even think he's reached his uh, pinnacle yet, but he no. was, I thought he was great in game two and yeah. he's kind of building towards it. Um, so I just think the goaltending disparity in, and the fact that you're, you're talking about two teams that there's so little between them. I'll always take the, the plus 110, even on the road. I, and I do think we might even get a bigger number. I, I feel like a broken record whenever we talk about this series. It's just that uh, you either believe this Leafs team is different this year or you don't. And whatever you bet is going to come down to your answer to that question. Um, the Lightning have responded after losses, as, you, as we've shown that they can do. Um, look, we're, we're going to keep hearing up so much about how the Leafs don't have a killer instinct and they choke and all that nonsense. But at the end of the day, they're in tough against the cup champions in a best of three. I, I just don't understand if these people think the Leafs should have swept the series by now or not. Right. So for game five, um, I think that Tampa is actually going to take some money here in game five. I'll wait and see what I can pick off on the Leafs late. Um, but I'm going to be on Toronto in game five because I believe that this is a different Leafs team. And that's that's essentially what it just comes down to. Yeah, I mean, I think the pressure will get dialed up, obviously, because now it's a best of three. I think that there's questions being asked of the middle six of the Leafs lineup, uh, yeah, John Tavares right. especially. Um, and I, I shouldn't say the middle six. It's really the, the, the second line and the fourth line are yeah. where they're they're losing battles. Uh, the the Tavares line, Lelander scored two goals in garbage time. The Leafs were already down five nothing when he scored. Um, and then you got Tavares, who's maybe been the the worst player in the series. Now that Patrick Maroon had a good game in uh, Game Four, then and also the goaltending situation. So the, the pressure gets turned up on Campbell. It's getting turned up on Tavares. They're they're traveling home. So I do think, like like you said, right? You're 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 betting can the Leafs handle the pressure or can or won't will they not? Because like we said, the, the margins are so thin between these two. These are two really good teams. This is probably like the third and fourth best team in the NHL, maybe the fourth and fifth, whatever you want to say, third and sixth. No matter how you shake it out and how you have these teams rated, the margin between those spots on a power rating system are very, very thin. So then if you do believe in that narrative or that that does matter, that the pressure gets turned up and the Leafs might grip their stick a little tighter, it can kind of cause, um, you know, can, can that be what determines it or gives the, the the lightning an edge in in like you said, which was like we've been saying, this is a coin flip. Does that then put the edge on Tampa Bay? I don't know. It's it's, it's impossible to, to say. We won't know until the end. But um, I actually, in a weird way, haven't been particularly impressed with the play in the series. I think that yeah. both teams have been like bad when they lost, and not like and not good when they've won. I mean, good, but like it's been more about the other team being bad than the team being good winning it. Yeah, I, these two teams kind of feel like a couple of boxers just like feeling each other out here. I think that um, I would expect uh, game five to be, you would think, a lot more competitive here. But um, yeah, I think that I don't disagree with what you're saying. I I, I just think that um, 
it's really tough to um to kind of quantify that so i i mean like we won't know um as these things usually do they come out after the series where um where you act after the quotes kind of injuries and like confidence went low and like stuff like that so i yep. think that um we'll see um i just i just think that this is a different leaves team this year i think they've kind of paid their dues i think that um the way that this this particular roster has been structured um as long as hall is not in there i think that um this is a this is a different toronto team all right, let's move to the last two matches for Tuesday night. Uh, the Blues plus 120 off of a game four win to not that series with the Wild. Uh, Minnesota minus 140 at home, the over under six and a half. You got to give the Blues a lot of credit too. Like the, we just talked yeah. about the Bruins without McAvoy. The Blues are missing Krug, Letty, and Bortuzzo. So that's three out of their top six uh, missing on defense. And they played really well on uh Sunday afternoon against Minnesota with their backs against the wall. So I, th- I think the number's fine. I, I don't, I don't really see one way or the other. If there's betting value, if, if the blues got those guys back, I would be on St. Louis here, but I doubt that they are. It doesn't sound like, like I think maybe Letty might be the only one that we can maybe see. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's a pretty easy pass here for me. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence at, 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 at this point. Uh, we thought that we'd see Biddington at some point in, in, in this series. Um, I think we, we touched on that before, uh, before the series started. Um, I, I did have some concerns about what I was seeing from uh, Billy Husso there down the stretch. Um, more importantly though, for the blues, um, they need to get healthy on defense because I, I, I don't think they can hold off the wild physically with a depleted defense. I think you're right. Um, Letty is probably going to be back, and um, there's a chance that Bortuzzo will be, but we won't know that until until uh, game day. Uh, more importantly, though, I think that the market overreacted to Bennington for game five, so I'm curious to see if that's the case in game six. We saw all year, as soon as Bennington was confirmed, um, money came against him as well as on the under, as well as it should have. Um, but again, playoffs are different. Um, there's a lot of things that you do in the regular season in terms of your market composition that you shouldn't be doing in the playoffs. Um, I can see myself on the blues again um, if this number gets a little bit out of control on Tuesday. But uh, for now, I think that um, we're at a fair price. All right. Full disclosure, the Kings and Oilers are still playing their uh, game four right now. Um, the Kings closed plus 170 in game two in Edmonton. The Oilers were minus one, uh, minus 210 in that one. So I'm assuming we'll see something pretty close to there as long as Los Angeles doesn't like get completely schooled here in, in the third period. They're up to nothing uh, right now. So if that is a case and assuming this number is, is kind of in line with where we think it will be, uh, I'll be passing maybe a look at the under uh, the Oilers though. I think just at some point, we were talking about this before the podcast started. The, the Kings are playing with fire with the way that they're playing the, the series. They're they're playing into the Oilers' hands. They're playing much more open than we expected. If you look at Washington and you look at Dallas, they're giving you the perfect blueprint to play as an underdog against a team like, like Edmonton. Uh, and the Kings, to their credit, have stuck in the series playing against that narrative and playing a much more open style of game against Connor McDavid's team, which not a good idea. Uh, you would think, but hell, it's working for him right now. So it's just, I think the Oilers, maybe a minus one and a half, because I think Edmonton is just going to, if they do win, they're going to blow them out with the way that these games are setting up. 
So I've got the under in this game, and if you told me before this before this game that the Kings were up two nothing in the second intermission, my response would have been, "Oh, good, they they decided they need to uh, tighten it up defensively here." As I'm watching this game, um, I realize that going into this series, um, I was wrong in the sense of how I thought that it would be in both teams' best interest to kind of slow this game down. The way that series, this series has played out, played out, though, is that both teams just want to push the pace. Um, I'm still getting an under edge for these games, and I'm playing my perceived edges for now. But the pace that these teams want to play is something that I'll keep an eye on as this series progresses. Um, I think that particularly this game, if it stays under, I think that you might want to be looking at the over in game five, um, because I think that both these teams, they're just going to be continuing to uh, push the pace here. The Oilers, I think, right now have a plus eight goal differential across the four games, and the series might be tied two two, which is uh, unreal. unreal. That's that's the playoffs, baby. Uh, all right, let's move on to top shelf bets, our favorite bets for uh, Monday and Tuesdays games uh, fives uh, as best we can. Top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. Uh, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the to the Rangers here. I think that you probably want to wait a little bit because uh, Pittsburgh will take money here. Um, and then you should be able to get a dog price on the, uh, on the Rangers. And um, even though he looks a little bit tired, I think that um, getting pulled uh, from that game early, I think will uh, probably help out Igor there. And again, you're giving me plus money on Igor against Louis Domingue in a game where I don't think that the Rangers played as poorly five on five as they did in the first two. So um, I'll just be playing uh, playing Igor as a dog here. There's not much more to it in this game for me than that. I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames minus 120 on the series price. Uh, Calgary's down 2-1 right now. They've lost two out of three really close games. And to get to those results, the Dallas Stars have gotten ex- exceptional goaltending from Jake Oninger, 969 save percentage, plus 3.7 goals saved above expected through three games. So he's playing uh, at a level, you know, a level that Igor Shosturkin wasn't even playing at during the regular season. He's been the best goalie in these playoffs. And I think at some point uh, his, his form will dip and the Calgary flames should be able to get the separation needed in the series to uh, start running away with it. Dallas has played a near perfect game plan. I just find it to be a little unsustainable. So give me the Calgary flames minus 120 to come back and win this series. And hopefully uh, we'll see Daryl Sutter's boys in round two, perhaps against the Oilers in a battle of Alberta. All right. uh, That will do it for this episode of Lion Change. We will be back with you on Wednesday morning to talk about probably some game sixes, fives and sixes. We're getting towards the business end of the first round, everybody. Good luck with your bets on Monday and Tuesday. We'll see you in a few days.